Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Daily Roundup on this, a Monday, November 13th, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and my co-host will let me tell you a bit about my coast, shall I? Do you know what, folks? Today is the beginning of Transgender Awareness Week, and my co-host will not be celebrating that. She's just not a weirdo that believes in celebrating mental illness. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. Oh, what the hell. Happy Transgender <laughs> Awareness Week kickoff, Sheila. It never ends. <laughs> it ne that's exactly it. It never ends. Um I don't know how you could become unaware that these folks exist because the media won't shut up about it. it it's just <laughs> constant inundation. I, I think it started in May or June. When did Pride season start? Oh. And it's just going. It just keeps going and going and going. And folks, Sheila does not exaggerate. Yes, it used to be there was Pride Day. It became Pride Week. Then it became Pride Month. That was the month of June. Then this year we discovered, oh, no, no, it's Pride season. They never gave exact dates. I assume Pride season ends with the end of summer in September because, you know, by then, if you're marching in the public street without your clothes on and simulating sex acts in front of kids, it's a little chilly, you know. Uh, I guess there's a bit of a concern of shrinkage. But after September's over, well, what do we have here? LGBTQ History Month, that's for the entire month of October. That ends on October 31st. And then we have now Transgender Awareness Week. That's from November 13th to November 19th. Now They won't let me forget about them. I don't know why we need a month to be aware. Oh, Nobody will let me forget. Sheila, here, oh, unfortunately, ahead. I'm not done because the week ends on the 19th. And then on November 20th, the very next day, that's the Transgender Day of Remembrance. Right? They've got their own Remembrance Day. Not for fighting overseas or anything like that. Just, um, I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. He was a guy in high school. And now he's a gal. And then on March 31st, we have something called the Trans Day of Visibility. So I think, I'm doing the math, I think we have at least six of the 12 months covered up, uh, covered off with either a trans or LGBT thingy. I mean, you know, Sheila, Saturday was Remembrance Day, a day, right, where we go out on the, on the 11th month of the 11th day, the 11th hour, and then when it wraps up, it's over. This uh, goes on forever. There's the poster transgender day of visibility there's their flag by the way that's their own flag folks because they used to be included and well there still are in the rainbow flag because it's lgbtq and the t is for transgender but then they decide to have their own flag and they in the pride progress flag they have it superimposed on the rainbow and the most recent one is the uh purple flirple circle that's for intersex people oh and by the way there's also colors on the new Pride Progress flag of brown and black. Which sexual orientation does that apply to? Oh, no, no sexual orientation. Black and brown people. So suddenly it's about race all of a sudden, not sexual orientation or gender identification. Sheila, I can't keep up. 
I've been suckled upon by an energy vampire just listening <laughs> to this. Like I just, you know, we have a, an awareness week now, plus a day of visibility wherever you fall down on this issue. And I feel like I'm going to fall down from exhaustion on this issue, but wherever you fall down on this issue, I really don't want to hear that trans people are being oppressed when you are celebrated six out of the 12 months of the year. <laughs> right. Uh, and I was going to make a joke because I was quickly before we were starting the show Googling, because I wanted to know like what, what other days are today as I tend to do when David does his like, did you know today is, and I always have my <laughs> sort of rebuttal to what it is. And my thing was, oh, it's anti It's I don't know what you were going to say. World Kindness Day is what I kind of thought you might say. But it's also anti-bullying week. And I thought, ah, anti-bullying week. So instead of like the real actual problem of bullying, uh, I bet you the LGBTQ people are going to co-opt this week for themselves. And lo and behold, these people are beyond parody. They beat me to it, I guess. No. Yeah. You mean there's a separate anti-bullying week for LGBT people? Is no, that what I'm saying, saying I'm saying that this is anti-bullying week, but of course, and I was, my joke was, or not my joke, but my, uh, I guess my premonition was going to be that it was going to be co-opted by the people who cry bullying if you don't affirm every little thing that they do with your lives. Um, and lo and behold, it obviously has, because this is also the same week that they have for their awareness incredible where where anyway, where is it going to end it's going to be um lgbt year uh, and, and decade then century i joked last night with my friend um because we were talking about how the like uh, the acronym is ever expanding so now there's like uh and i was my joke was with robbie picard who happens to be gay he runs oil sand strong and I said, Robbie, did you know they like gave you another, you gave you guys a cue? And he's like, yeah, queer. And I'm like, no, they have two cues now, like queer and questioning. And my joke was, <laughs> before we're done, we're all going to be part of the that community, right? Because they're just going to start adding letters so that all of a sudden, like, heterosexual tomboys like myself, we're going to be sucked into the movement, too, because they're going to add a letter that includes us. Oh, Sheila, uh, I disagree. I think it was the Ontario Federation of Teachers. They, they they were mocked on the Tucker Carlson show, and it led to the end of the career of Stephen LeDrew, the former president of the Liberal oh, Party of Canada. Oh, I don't Canada. think his career was ended. I think his career was liberated. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he was on Tucker's show to argue that uh, Canada does have a robust freedom of speech culture. Uh the next day, uh, you're fired, LeDrew. Anyway, uh, the that Federation of Teachers, I think the acronym or initialgram had gone up to 17 letters. I can't possibly oh, yeah. uh, remember it all. That I think it was 17. <laughs> it was like LGBTDDQQIPP. It went on and on. I mean, it was an absolute mockery. I don't think anyone in that community uses uh, that initial gram. But you will never see, Sheila, the addition of the letter H for heterosexual, i.e. more than 98% of the people on the planet. Uh, that's just not how those cats roll. Uh, there's got to be some kind of, uh, I, I don't know, social justice element or wokeness to them. So the vast majority of the normal people on the planet 
Uh, you ain't getting the H added into that uh, anytime soon. Just, there will not be a heterosexual day of awareness. There will not be a heterosexual uh, day of remembrance. There will not be a heterosexual day of visibility. They would much rather, I think, uh, Sheila, for us just to go away. <laughs> we're all going to be added to that acronym. We just are. That's what I feel like. They're just going to keep like, oh, so you like androgynous clothes. Okay, so we'll add an A for androgynous <laughs> clothes wearers. I'm like, like uh, it's just like any little thing where you deviate from the thing they hate the most, which is the gender binary. If you deviate from that, they stick you on the their little spectrum. It's the weirdest thing. They say they're against the gender binary, but they seem to be the ones hardest enforcing it. Oh, um, great point. And by the way, one last point, Sheila, could you ever imagine in your wildest dreams, two hosts on the CBC having the discussion we just had? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, they would call the, the, the ombuds. Yeah. Per, I, I forget what they call it. They, I wrote it up last week cause I saw it on the procurement website it's they are no longer using the term ombudsman um, within federal government agencies. It's like the ombuds. So like if it's the procurement, no the procurement Canada, it's called the uh, the procurement ombud, ombud, which it really doesn't flow. But like it, it will be henceforth once they get around to changing the title for the CBC, the CBC ombud. Not the ombudsman, the ombud. That sounds like the beginning of an incomplete sentence. Like you're at a restaurant and you go, um, bud, can you pass the uh, ketchup, please? Yeah, it sounds like a stutter, not a phrase. <laughs> um, but this is part of their like gender-based analysis plus where they're going through rooting out all the gendered languages from, I guess, common parlance and titles. It goes back to, and David saved the jokes, but when they removed the um, title of semen, from the Navy, again, David saved the joke, but they said <laughs> they did it because it was too gendered. So they no, wanted, not they even like I will touch that punchline. <laughs> but they were like, proposed all these other names like sailor and, and whatever. <laughs> Anywho, now they've moved on to like the bureaucracy where now the ombudsman is now the ombud. Wow. Anyway. I should tell everybody what we're doing. We're 11 minutes into the oh show. My. We've talked about zero and there could not be more news to talk about. So we got to button this up and just breeze into the news. As well, fast as Sheila, possible. on the bright side, we did our part for trans awareness and visibility and remembrance with 11 minutes of coverage about yeah, this community. So let's move on to the really important stuff after you Again, uh, lay down the ground I, rules. If I seem low energy, it's this topic just... <laughs> drains me um anyway uh, this is the rebel news daily roundup it's hosted by a rotating cast of characters um sometimes it's the big boss sometimes it's me and david and and our other on-air talent um it's wherein we talk about the news of the day completely unscripted boy i bet you can tell that today but it also gives you a chance to interact with us here at rebel news so there's always a lively live chat going on rumble and youtube um, but if you want to support the work that we do completely willingly, I would suggest perhaps you move away from the censorship platform of YouTube and maybe consider watching us on a platform that doesn't care about your politics like 
Rumble or Odyssey. And on those platforms, you can leave a paid chat because we will never take a penny from Justin Trudeau to do the work that we do. I mean, how could we hold him to account if we did? So on Rumble, you can leave a paid chat. It's called the Rumble Rant. On Odyssey, it's called the Hyper Chat. Um, if your paid chats are above the $5 US threshold, I am now obligating us, hear me now, to say your chat on air. However, don't let let that be the bar for participation because if you leave an interesting non-paid chat, sometimes Yankee will send them to us and we'll read them, um, likewise with chats that are underneath that threshold. So there you go. Get talking and so will we. Uh, David, let's go to the battle for London. Yeah, you know, as we mentioned, um, <clears throat> next Monday is the Transgender Day of Remembrance. Uh, I have no idea what that is about, but I do know what Remembrance Day is about and how sacred it is to so many Western nations. And uh, our very own beloved Alexa Lavoie, she uh, went over to London, filed some incredible reports because there was uh, a confrontation brewing between those people uh, patriots, let's call them, who look upon Remembrance Day as sacred. And the other people, well, those would be the pro-Hamas people who embrace a culture of death and destruction. And uh, Alexa Laval was there to make sure that she would give us the straight goods, uh, Sheila, because we, quite frankly, we can't count on the mainstream media to give us the unvarnished story if it doesn't follow their narrative. So why don't we um, uh, throw to this video? Um, it's about, um, I think it's uh, Alexa Lavoie speaking with someone who um, evidently the hostage, um, the 242 hostages that were taken from Israel on October 7th, well, uh, that was, quote, nothing, end quote, according to this pro-Hamas supporter in uh, Ramallah. Oh, no, no, rather, not Ramallah, London, England, UK. Let's check it out. Who is oppressing them? Who is oppressing them? All you can talk, oh, what happened about Hamas in 7th of October? Fuck all happened. Nothing happened. That thing happened. If you're going and raping my family for the last 100 years, you think I'm going to let you go? This is just a wake-up call. They can kill 10,000, 20,000 Palestinians, but tomorrow there will be 120,000. You kill one, you get 100 more. Well, Sheila, I'm just wondering if that might be the grandfather of machine gun earring girl that we encountered in Mississauga uh, last month. Uh, I'm, I say that because of the anger. I say that because of the justification of murdering more than 1,400 innocent uh, Israelis, uh, wounding more than 4,200. Uh, right now, I believe the number that's been bandied around is 242 hostages. One is a 10-month-old baby. He was taken when he was nine months. I can't even imagine what kind of care he's being uh, given. But, you know, Sheila, it, it speaks to the bigger picture. The narrative right now is ceasefire, ceasefire, ceasefire. Uh, excuse me, there's that little issue of those 242 hopefully alive people who are hostages. Why isn't that part of the discussion when it comes to a ceasefire, the release of those hostages? Because as this guy just said, they're F all. Uh, mm. They don't mean anything. Civilian lives don't mean anything to the other side of this. Um, and this guy was the star 
of a lot of content uh, over the weekend, including now a bit of a manhunt. But we'll get to that uh, <laughs> in a second. Uh, let's go to this second video because um, this prompted me to uh, send a bit oh. of a editorial directive to some of our staff going forward. Um, let's the second half of this discussion with this absolute maniac who would justify uh, rape and murder and abduction of little children um, and the elderly and mothers. Uh, so let's uh, let's hear from this guy. If the West feels so sorry for the Israeli Zionists, why don't they give a place in Germany? Why don't they go to Hitler's back garden and make an occupation there? Then they will know what kind of people these are. Why every so many hundred years, the Zionists get slaughtered? Because Hitler knew how to deal with these people. They probably made a program so they can create a state of Israel in the expense of Palestinian Muslims' blood. Oh, wow. The year is almost at an end, and we have found yet another inappropriate use of the Hitler card. You know, Sheila, as I've always said, if you're going to invoke Hitler, um, make sure you're talking yeah. about somebody who is hell-bent on world conquest and engineering a genocide. Otherwise, it's offside. But No, I think, David, I'm going to correct you. I think that's the appropriate use of the Hitlerian comparison because he is calling for genocide. He is calling for genocide of the Jews. He's saying Hitler knew how to deal with these people, these people being the Jews, no. exactly how he wants Hamas to deal with them. But I'll be quiet. I'll let you finish your thought. Oh, no, I, I think that's a great observation. Um, this is how, you know, but, and we've talked about this before, Sheila, when it came to the Nazi genocide of the Jews, uh, it was something that was not publicized. It was something that the Nazis wanted to keep secret from their own people. That's why you see the death camps aren't even in Germany. Uh, these uh, prisoners were railroaded out of the country. And but with these and we saw this on October 7th, there was high def GoPro videos uploaded yeah. to uh, the Internet saying, look at this death and destruction, look at this beheading, look at this raping, look at this arson, look at this murder. They, you know, they have no shame. And in fact, it's a badge of honor for them mm -hmm. to massacre Jews. So you know what? I I'm rethinking what I just said. Uh, I think they're out Hitlering Hitler uh, because these people, if they had the means to do so, are you telling me, Sheila, they wouldn't put their resources towards concentration camps and death camps and trying to get rid of, oh, you know, what is it called again? Oh, yeah, the Jewish problem once and for yeah. all. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm done listening to people say, oh, these are pro-Palestinian yeah. protests. No, that's like saying that a, that a Nazi march is just pro-Germany. Uh, these people are advocating an open call to genocide. You look at their chants and put them in context together. They say cease fire now and then from the river to the sea. Yep. So what they want to do is have the Jews put down their weapons so that it's easy to ethnically cleanse them from the Jordan to the Mediterranean, which is the sum of the state of Israel. Um, that's a call to genocide. That's ethnic cleansing. And it's not just a cute little chant. It's not a liberation chant. Um, 
this guy told you what this is all about. And you know what else? He's standing there screaming at the top of his lungs. Did anybody around him within his own side walk forward and say, hey, hey, buddy, <laughs> take her down uh, a notch. Like, let's come down from the ethnic cleansing and maybe get down to um, ethno state. Never even got down there. Like, not a single person said, well, I'm not sure we want this guy in our march. Contrast that with the Freedom Convoy. There was that planted guy walking around with a Nazi flag yeah. that you only saw for moments and never saw him again. But the convoy itself was like, get out of here. We don't want anything to do with you. You, you have no place here with us. That guy was perfectly in line with the rest of that march. Another observation when I was looking at that video, um, Sheila, was the fact that, and I'm sure it was the case with the um, pro-Hamas demonstrations in the greater Toronto area on Saturday, um, I couldn't see a single person wearing a poppy. I saw a sign yeah. with two cardboard poppies on it, um, but I didn't see an actual individual wearing a poppy. In fact, some of these barbarians, uh, if you recall earlier this month, um, tried to beat up a 70-year-old veteran in Edinburgh, Scotland, because he was selling poppies. Why? Well, all I can do is speculate, Sheila. Um, the poppy is not a representation of Sharia law, of uh, Islamist states, um, of what is important to these pro-Hamas demonstrators. So there he is. I believe his name is Jim Henderson. He's 78 years old. And I can't think of anything lower than a volunteer, a senior citizen. And, you know, good for Jim. Uh, his, you know, when he saw the mob coming to, towards him, he uh, folded up his display and tried to get away, not for his own personal safety, but so they wouldn't steal the donations of all the poppies that he had sold. That, that's the medal of that man versus these young savages that uh, tried to beat him up or do even worse until some rail workers uh, came to his aid. Uh, the other thing I didn't notice was any um, flags of England or Union Jacks. And again, I see this every, I think in all the pro-Hamas demonstrations I've covered, Sheila, I think I've seen one Canadian flag, one. Um, and it's kind of funny because I was at Christie Pitts yesterday for a, for a pro-Israel um, demonstration uh, about getting the hostages back. And yes, there were tons of Israeli flags there. But you know what? There was also a significant percentage of Canadian flags. What does that tell you, Sheila? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm remiss to even call these pro-Hamas or pro-Gaza rallies because they really aren't. They are anti-Israel rallies. Yeah. They want Israel to be wiped off the face of the earth. They couldn't care less who does it. Uh, Hamas is just the convenient actor right now. Um, if the UN were there to just wipe Israel off the face of the earth, they would be cheering for the United Nations. Um, they, these are Iranian-backed anti-Israel hate marches on the streets of the Western world, and it is being repackaged as some sort of decolonization liberation movement, and it is one of the craziest, most revolting uh, public relations wins, I think, for the other side that I've ever seen. 
Unbelievable. And the third clip, uh, Sheila. Oh, this is a beauty, especially with I love this. Transgender <laughs> Awareness Week kicking off today. No, no, no. Uh, Alexa let's, go, Lavoie, wait, let's finish. Uh, no, no, no. Let, David, what, let's finish up on Mr. Uh, Hitler was right guy. Um, oh, right. The, Sorry. The Met Police in London are looking for him now. Uh, identifying a man from yesterday's anti-Israel rally in London who said that Hitler, Hitler knew what to do with these people, i.e. the Jews. So um, now he's under investigation in a rare win for equal policing. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm not, the UK police are, are quite terrible. They yep. really don't police these rallies that are, you know, openly advocating for genocide. Like, look, you can disagree with me. You can be prickly. You can be um, rude in the public square. That's not a crime. Well, it might be in the UK. However, I disagree with it. Um, but this is one of those rare times where we see both sides being treated equally. Um, you know, like the UK police. So if you say something mean about trans people, um, or if you say, like, maybe don't sexualize the children and you hold a sign, they'll mm -hmm. come knock on your door, give you trouble. Um, this guy's going to get the same treatment. So I look, I, look, I just look forward to the win for equal application of the law. And Sheila, I know from our haters, they'll be saying, oh, I thought you're all such free speech absolutists there at Rebel News. And we are. But I'll tell you, there's always been a line in the sand for me, even before I joined this company, and it's this. If you are advocating harm or death to an individual or an identifiable group of individuals, that crosses the line, okay? That is where uh, we take our stance. And make no mistake, you mentioned it yourself earlier, Sheila, when you are chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. It's, of course, the Jordan River, the Mediterranean, that, you know, uh, inconvenient landmass in between those uh, bodies of water. Um, that would be Israel. So I guess, what, are 10 million Jews supposed to jump in the ocean or the river and swim, and then when they are exhausted, drown? I mean, that is code for wiping Israel off the face of it's the earth. And in, and in case um, there is any nuance there— what we saw several weeks ago in Sydney, Australia, of all places, gas the Jews. Uh, Sheila, is there any nuance there in the term gas the Jews that I, I might not be picking up on here? No, again, that just goes to like the Hitlerian nature of these marches. I would not call them. Um, I, I would use actually if, if I had to choose something that was accurate. I would use a Mark Levin term, which is these are Islamo-Nazis. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and the irony it couldn't be more profound. These are people denying that the Holocaust actually happened as they are doing everything they can to engineer another one. Unbelievable. Yep. Um, so, well, good luck to the Met Police. Um, <laughs> now, the... <laughs> Uh, Indeed. <laughs> now, now, as I said, uh, given that this is the kickoff of Transgender Awareness Week, as we discussed at the beginning of the show, this ties directly into a really cheeky question by our Alexa Laval, which was when she was asking uh, anti-Israel protesters in London if they believe that Palestine is a safe place for the members of the LGBTQ2S+. Oh. XYZ, etc. community. Here, let's check out that video. 
So, do you think that the LGBTQ community are welcome in Palestine? I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't been there. So, they would be a wa warm welcome there? As far as I'm aware, they're as welcome there, they're far more welcome than they are in other Middle Eastern nations as well. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, do you think um, that uh, Palestine and Muslim are pro LGBTQ? Uh, I, who are you with? I'm independent press from... Uh, uh, sorry, I'm not, I'm not going to talk to any independent press about that. I don't think those issues are conflatable. Yeah, I don't think those are two conflatable issues to address. Thank you. So you think that they are really open, the LGBT in Palestine? Wow, Sheila. And he's actually marching with not only the original rainbow pride flag, but with the word Palestine superimposed on it. You know, if that guy is a member of that LGBTQ, et cetera, et cetera, community, him marching with a pride flag with Palestine written on it at a pro-Hamas march, that's kind of like a chicken uh, marching in a parade to honor Colonel Saunders, if you ask me. Uh, guys, I just flipped you an article from the BBC of all places from uh, late last year at this time, just about immediately this time last year. I'll show you what happens to gays in uh, yep. uh, in places that are run by um, the Palestinian Authority in this instance. This gay Palestinian Ahmad Abu Maria was beheaded in the West Bank. Uh, he was beheaded in Hebron, Hebron, a place where we actually visited not all that long ago, uh, David, mm -hmm. um, where heavy police um, and security forces there to defend the um, Jewish community there, which is a sliver of a minority there. Um, now, I should point out to you that this young man was living in, I think it was Tel Aviv. Uh, he sought refuge in Israel or Israeli-controlled regions um, because he knew he would be safe there. But he was abducted and brought to Palestinian-controlled uh, territories where wherein he was killed. You know what? And uh, that's that's how uh, <clears throat> gay people are treated in these societies. And the only place he knew he could be safe was in. Tel Aviv. You know, Sheila, that's very significant what you said, because they had already scared and intimidated him enough that he got out of town. But that wasn't good enough. Uh, they had to go and hunt him down, bring him back and behead him. Uh, only his death, only his blood on the asphalt would uh, satiate their uh, desire to get rid of. I, I don't know what they called them there. Uh, a heretic at the very least. But for those ignoramuses that uh, Alexa was speaking to, um, I'm thinking, Sheila, are they really just that ignorant? They don't know how... They have a death wish. Pardon me? Do they have a death wish? Like yeah. when I see this stuff, I'm like, do you have a death wish? What are you doing? Yeah. But I'm saying, are they that ignorant or are they just too embarrassed to come on camera because it would show that they're not quite all in with the pro-Hamas types, that they don't want to give any kind of criticism, even though uh, this is 
first degree murder. Uh, and typically, I'm surprised it was a beheading, uh, Sheila, because usually the um, uh, you know penalty du jour is throwing them off a building. Um, so, I, you know, I'm baffled uh, by, and I'm not talking about the um, Middle Eastern people. They know damn well what the lay of the land is. But those what appear to be born and bred English women, um, are they stupid or are they just too ashamed to say, yeah, you know what? This movement really isn't all about love and tolerance, not at all. Um, by the way, for people who will write in, because they do, they're going to say, Sheila, that happened in Hebron. That's controlled by the Palestinian Authority. Tell us about Hamas. Okay, I will. In 2016, um, they Hamas executed one of its own uh, military commanders, somebody who had been in charge of a thousand other terrorists um, for allegedly having sex with another man. Um, he had overseen a thousand soldiers and an assortment of attack tunnels, but not even his loyalty to Hamas could save him after they lodged accusations that he was gay. Uh, prior to executing him with three bullets to the chest, Hamas reportedly tortured him by whipping him, hanging him from a ceiling for hours, and cranking loud music into his cell in order to deprive him of sleep. And you know the most disturbing thing about that story, in addition to the murder, Sheila, is the fact that this was all based on allegations. Uh, yes. Maybe I'm an old-fashioned square. I really believe uh, you're innocent until proven guilty. He didn't have a trial. Just the rumor was enough yes to get this prominent commander, a loyalist to their own movement, uh, brutally killed. It's, it's staggering. It's what we did to pesky women during the witch trials. Yes. We're like, oh, she's kind of groovy, uh, but I don't like her. I saw her consorting with the devil. Oh, dunk her in the river. Like it, it became like a mass hysteria where you could just take your enemies out. That's what, hap that's what happens with the mere whiff of homosexuality yeah. in uh, Gaza and the Palestinian controlled authorities. And Sheila, I see we're past the halfway mark, so we must break for an ad. And when we come back, well, everyone's favorite climate justice warrior, <laughs> Greta Thunberg, she's back in the news. And it, you know what? It kind of looking to me that climate was never really the issue for Greta and her ilk. It was something else. We'll have that story when we get back. David Menzies for Rebel News here in downtown Toronto. And I got to tell you, folks, next March, March 23rd to 30th, to be precise, we are going on a Caribbean cruise. Can you imagine that? And a lot of your favorite rebels will be there, such as Sheila Gunn-Reeds. We got Alexa Lavoie, the big boss man himself. Of course, he'll be there, Ezra Levant. And how about this? How about this for the cherry on the Sunday? Tamara Leach, Canada's number one freedom fighter. She'll be on that boat, too. And look at the itinerary. We're going to be going to Half Moon Cay in the Bahamas. And then we're going to jazz it up in Oco Rios, Jamaica. And then there's Georgetown in the Cayman Islands. And finally, Cozumel, Mexico. Can you imagine that? If you want more details in terms of getting aboard the ship, go to rebelnewscruise.com. That's rebelnewscruise.com. All the details are there, the departure dates, the costs. And you know what? This is not just a fun-filled getaway. This is a way in which Rebel News 
raises some revenue. Unlike the mainstream media, we don't receive a nickel of government funding, nor would we take it if ever offered. So it's win-win. Enjoy yourself in the Caribbean and Mexico, and also support your favorite online news channel. So that's rebelnewscruise.com. I hope to see you aboard. Come on out November 25th. It's all aboard the Freedom Train in Niagara-on-the-Lake. You can check Rebel News for updates and also the Freedom Passport site. Tamara Leach, who led the Truckers Convoy, will be sharing the stage with some of the finest international recording artists. Like the Chops Horns from New York City, who's played with Alicia Keys, Stevie Wonder, the Rolling Stones, and many more. Plus New World Sun, just off a European tour. And the legendary R&B master, Leroy Emanuel. Get on the Freedom Train with Tamara Leach. Saturday, November 25th at Niagara-on-the-Lake Central Community Center, 680 York Road. Get your tickets today at freedompassport.ca. The Freedom Train is coming. Know your rights. Know your freedoms. Oh, Sheila, I can't wait to hop aboard the Freedom Train. And, you know, I've never been on a bona fide ocean cruise i think it goes back to when i was 10 years old and i saw the original poseidon adventure just the idea oh. of being trapped in a boat that's upside down you know <laughs> uh first and foremost where yeah. do you go to the bathroom right but i mean uh i i'm gonna get over my phobia and uh hop aboard that ship i can hardly wait how about you my friend yeah i can't wait to be trapped on a ship with you for sure <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun because most of the time when we go on, like even when we went to Israel, it was like a working trip. We were working the whole time. This is just relaxation and fun. What's that? Yeah, what? <laughs> Do you recall what I, year you had your last vacation, Sheila? What year did I start working here? Before that, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I... I think for me it was 2019, but it was during the same week we shut down, the Christmas uh, week. So I don't know if that counts, but oh boy, uh, I, I can hardly wait for all of us here to recharge our batteries. And the same with our viewers. I mean, you're going to have a lot of yeah. fun. Uh, look at those vistas that uh, we showed you on the video, and uh, we can hardly wait to meet you. So uh, hopefully yeah. if you haven't bought a ticket yet and you have the means to do so, come on board. So, um, oh, here's a place I would never want to be at a Greta Thunberg rally. Why don't we uh, roll the video, uh, <laughs> Sheila? We'll get your thoughts on the other side. <laughs> oh, I'm full. I'm full of thoughts. <laughs> we have not been listening. The people in power have not been listening. I come here for a climate demonstration, not a political view. <laughs> Justice on occupied land. Don't land. We have no. Uh, Sheila, 
what does that mean exactly? No climate justice on occupied lands. Does that mean I can let my truck with a V8 engine idle for hours on end if the land is occupied? Because there's no climate justice on occupied land. What is she saying? <laughs> I have no idea. And I don't think she knows either. Like, she is in her 20s now. <laughs> I had a one-year-old or two-year-old, I think, when I was her age. Like, I had a mortgage and a car and a job and, and like, a, started my adult life. She dropped out of high school six, seven years ago. What, what, and has been scaring us with the climate apocalypse ever since. <laughs> like, but she's aged out of this. Like, I, I realize her parents probably actively stunted her growth with a nutrient deficient vegan diet. So she <laughs> always looks young. Like she looks small and frail. Like I look at her and I look at my daughter's um, like normal teenage girls versus what she looks like. She's like tiny and frail and wayfish. And it's it like, I, she's a child actor, right? And there are two tracts that child actors go on. You can go the Ron Howard route, right? Like you can, take your fame and become famous, right? And successful because the doors have been opened for you. Now you have all these opportunities. All you have to do is seize them through hard work and good choices. Um, so, you know, like you could be Ron Howard, successful, ac uh, successful actor, making good choices, and now a successful director, or you could go just like the Corey Feldman route. Where where you end up being what? How did I describe him? A pseudo libertine micro cult leader, uh, hedonistic weirdo. That's mm. sort of the other track you could go on if you don't drug overdose. And she's decided she's choosing infamy, um, and uh, de like that's a desperate attempt to hang on to relevance right there. Just trying to conflate two things, mush them all together. My, and thinking, oh, my followers, they love to mindlessly chant. Let's just get a chant going. Um, that made absolutely no sense. Here we are. Just uh, if I weren't so uh, incensed that so many people want to punish others um, using her bad ideas, I'd almost feel pity for her. But I, I'm just not there. I'm I'm all lit of caring. You know, but it is fascinating, isn't it, Sheila, that, you know, in a way, my heart goes up, goes out to the fellow who disrupted uh, her speech. Uh, basically, he's saying, look, I'm here for climate justice stuff, not uh, pro Hamas stuff. And right. uh, but but I guess what we have seen is that these two camps uh, march in lockstep. Um, right. Yeah. And so it really um is the Greta Thunberg movement really truly only about so-called climate justice no. or is there something more behind it it's almost like it's marxist <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's almost like it wants the complete and total destruction of western civilization and they'll do whatever it takes and attach themselves like those uh, birds that peck off the backs of rhinos um to whatever thing is doing the destroying if it's you know uh, radical Islamization of the Western world. Yeah, we'll just be a supporter of that. If it's um, the climate scam, yep, yeah, we'll support that. If it's um, 
transgenderism infecting our children with the mind virus. Yep, we'll support that. If it's a crackdown on free speech because bad ideas don't survive free speech, yep, we'll jump onto that in the name of preventing harm. Like everything that will cause the dismantling of all the freedoms people before has have sacrificed to protect people like Greta Thunberg, that's where they're at. A hundred percent. And as the saying goes, Sheila, green is the new red these days. Um, watermelons, watermelons, yep. green on the outside, red in the middle. A hundred percent. Now, going back to pro Hamas, all the action wasn't across the pond in London, folks. We have had some, uh, unfortunately, vile examples here in Canada, including well, uh, let's call this for what it is, even though our political leaders want, won't. Uh, terrorism, which was gunshots fired at a Montreal Jewish school for the second time within one week. Now, I don't think, Sheila, one has to be, a physical person has to be injured or killed for an act of terrorism. But you can't tell me that in the climate of today, some Yahoo goes by a Jewish school and starts firing bullets at it that is intimidation, that is bullying, that is sending a very dire message. That is terrorism in my book. Right. Violence with the intent of political change or yep. uh, like that's textbook terrorism. And that's of what is it? Two Jewish schools have been shot up a total of three times. We also had a firebombing of a synagogue last week. I did a video this morning before I jumped on air. It'll be published later where I go through the things the convoy was accused of and why they needed to invoke the Emergencies Act, the counterterrorism law that deals with terrorism financiers. Justin Trudeau invoked that for bounty castles. And now we have actual neo-Nazis committing acts of real political terrorism, political violence on the streets of Canada, and nobody seems to be doing a damn thing about it. Um, we... For example, Justin Trudeau went on a big, long diatribe, and I found it and I included it in my video about how MPs just want to do their jobs and they shouldn't have to walk past these, like, gross, yucky, blue-collar people who are invading the uh, nation's capital for three weeks um, last winter. So they shouldn't be subject to intimidation and harassment. I don't know, the honking, the, like, hey, do your job <laughs> chants that were yelled at them. When... Last week, these anti-Israel neo-Nazis were blocking senators and MPs from going to work, which I'm on the fence about because I'm just like, you know what, maybe it's better if they don't work sometimes. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, they accuse the convoy that which they are guilty of. Um, and then uh, this was, I think it was yesterday or maybe Saturday. Um, Ziad, Ziad, Abul Taif. He's a conservative MP in Edmonton. And uh, he was accosted in the street. Um, he represents Edmonton Manning, so that's a North Edmonton riding. And he was confronted by these people who tried to block his car. Um, as he drove away. And so all the things that they accused the convoy of doing, including arson, <laughs> these terrorist supporters are guilty of doing. Um, by the way, 
you might not be able to tell from Ziad's name, but he's Lebanese. Um, and so it's not, this is not about, um, you know, anti-Muslim Islamophobia, as the liberals like to say. Um, this is about wiping Israel off the face of the earth. And if you take umbrage with that, they're going to do this to you. You know, it, it, it's amazing. Even if that doesn't meet the benchmark of uh, arrest, of uh, being thrown into solitary confinement, a la Tamara Leach. Uh, Sheila, tell me, how many bank accounts has Christian Freeland frozen of the pro-Hamas types for doing stunts like that? Exactly. Rhymes with hero, doesn't it? Um, yep. Why the double standard? Because for Justin Trudeau and Christian Freeland, the emergency in the Emergencies Act was opposing the liberals. Everything else is fair yep. game for these people. That's what the thing like these anti-Israel protesters stormed a bank. They stormed the MPs offices, including that of Justin Trudeau in his constituency office. That seems to be perfectly fine. And look, I'm not against people being prickly with their MPs. That's whatever. What I am against is in equal application of the law. I'm against the inequity of this. If there's a bad law, as Ezra said in our morning meeting, great, repeal it. Don't apply it based on politics. Just repeal the law altogether. But we are seeing inequitable treatment under the law and in a free and civilized society, that absolutely cannot be the case. And, you know, Sheila, it, it's funny, isn't it? When some of these politicians finally find their spine and call out anti-Semitism, why is it almost every single time the next sentence is, and Islamophobia? Since the events of October 7th began, I'm looking around, I'm thinking, where's the Islamophobia? I know there was a, a Toronto mosque that some fool threw paint on. But aside from that, it's all the other way. It's, it's complete anti-Semitism, so much to the point that when these pro-Hamas thugs find out that a business is Jewish-owned, they go insane. there and try to organize a boycott. They throw red paint to, to resemble right. blood on the window, even if these Jewish owners, uh, they're not even active on social media. They've got no dog in the race. Just the fact that you're a Jew makes you a target. So again, I ask you, why is it that we condemn uh, anti-Semitism oh, and Islamophobia? It, it, it's the people of the right. other community that are uh, bullying the former community. Right, right. And you don't see like Palestinian-run businesses being boycotted. You really don't see that. Um, you, you know, like that cafe, and then there's Aroma, which is like the Israeli Tim Hortons um, chapters, Indigo, we saw... Uh, posters plastered all over it because the CEO is Jewish. Um, again, something the convoy was accused of but didn't do, harassing businesses. Um, if that's the benchmark for invoking the Emergencies Act, get to it. Get to it. But they're not going to. And you know what, Sheila? I'll tell you another observation, and it became so clear to me yesterday when uh, Lincoln Jay and I went down to Christie Pitts um, for a pro-Israel uh, rally in support of the 242 hostages there. You know what I noticed? Um, no calls for violence to Muslims. No calls for the eradication of 
Arab or Islamic countries. Um, no calls for violence of whatever kind. And as a matter of fact, um, one of the most heartfelt images we caught was a, a, a young lady who had a sign offering hugs to anybody who wanted to hug her. You know, what an incredible contrast to the garbage we see in the pro-Hamas rallies. And uh, again, here's some footage. You can see smatterings of Canadian flags. You won't see that at a pro-Hamas rally. No, no way. And as a matter of fact, uh, on Saturday in Mississauga, Sheila, after the real Remembrance Day ceremony, uh, they had a Remembrance Day ceremony for yeah. the marchers of Gaza. And on social media, folks, and I think this is absolutely disgusting, finally they display a poppy. Oh, that's good. Boom. Well, not poppy classic. You see, they had to superimpose uh, the colors of the Palestinian flag over the poppy. They co-opted the poppy uh, to not remember those who gave their lives to um, protect our values and our freedoms, but rather uh, in remembrance for those who want to carry out carnage. Absolutely despicable. This was a day meant for people who gave their lives fighting the Nazi ideology, not people who died trying to bring it to the Western world. Um, Efron, the hardest working man in journalism, by the way, he is, um, works all week to make sure that we look great in our videos. And then after he leaves the office, he goes and does journalism because he is moved by the spirit. And he was out and actually he interviewed the organizer of the martyrs vigil and asked him why he used that poppy symbolism. Um, let's, uh, let's hear from this, uh, Oh, absolute ghoul. I'll describe him as that, as that because this is not his day. I mean, the uh, peacekeepers that died keeping the peace uh, for the Canadian history and for the Canadian nation, uh, we respect them, obviously, and we also remember them. Okay, but some wars were driven by the U.S. and uh, unfortunately Canada fell in the trap and followed the path of the U.S. imperialist system and they died in, a, in, a, in an unjust way. Um, so uh, that's that's a different situation. But here today we're, we're remembering them as well, the peacekeepers that died and also the Palestinians that are dying and getting killed for over 75 years of occupation. Yeah, um, you know, they, they deserve justice, they deserve to be recognized, they deserve to be respected, they deserve to be uh, remembered. So you're saying this is a rally for both Canadian veterans and Palestinian martyrs? Yes, Canadian veterans, like I said, that are specifically the ones that died in peacekeeping uh, operations and, and projects like that. Uh, the ones, like I said, that were misled and, and taken into a, a war that it was not just, then uh, no, we don't we don't stand with them. I mean, and at the same time, we're upset that they were misled and they, they fell in that trap. But... Uh, you said this is a representation for uh, Canadian soldiers as well. And I see you're not wearing a poppy. Like for people who might be asking if you, if this is really a, a support for the Canadian veterans who died in World War yeah. One and Two. Actually, I was trying to get poppies, but I didn't get a chance. I was I was running a little bit late because I organized this uh, this protest. And, and, I mean, sorry, this vigil yeah. and uh, this gathering, and uh, I didn't have a chance. You know, I would I would have wore one. I was I was about to make make some actually. Yeah, he didn't have a chance, Sheila. Poppy's going on sale in late October. Uh, yeah. He had plenty of chances. Also, what's this guy's fascination with 
peacekeeping deaths in World War I. Oh, I can tell you. Oh, I can I, tell you. Yeah, it's almost a rhetorical you... question, but I just want to point out that in World War One and World War Two alone, I'm not even getting into the Korean conflict, <clears throat> Afghanistan, and so forth. We had more than 100,000 Canadians and Newfoundlanders die in those two wars. The poppy came out of uh, World War One, um, but he his clock starts. Um, around, I don't know, the Lester Pearson era of Canada in the 1960s, where our focus was on peacekeeping. I'm not even sure um, how many peacekeepers have died. Uh, one is too many in my book. Uh, but the idea that in his narrative, Remembrance Day and the Poppy should only be about remembering peacekeepers who died in action... Uh, no, Sheila, doesn't compute. I think there's another agenda here, wouldn't you say? It's almost like he doesn't want to honor soldiers who fought the Nazis, who were trying to wipe out the Jews. He's very specific over and over again that uh, he is not there to honor World War I and World War II veterans. Well, guess who the World War II veterans were fighting? If you went to Justin Trudeau's history school, you would completely not know that if you were fighting for the Allied forces, uh, you were fighting the Nazis, and that includes Russians. They were fighting with the Allied forces against uh, the Germans. Um, He specifically refuses to honor soldiers who died fighting Nazi ideology. I wonder why that is. I wonder why that is. Unbelievable. And uh, by the way, uh, a shout out to Afrin. Great work. Uh, you know, when you wade into these uh, mobs, uh, you never your safety know. isn't guaranteed. I don't think Afrin had security with him. Uh, but, you know, Afrin does a great job. He's uh, very low key. And uh, I think I, on the other hand, my out as a an illuminated red flag so uh uh and you know it, it's getting um challenging in a way sheila to cover these rallies because it's just more and more of the same it's about hatred it's about uh you know turning a blind eye to jewish civilians being killed raped uh kidnapped it's about chanting for israel to be wiped off the face of the map and um, when you ask them to try to articulate uh, their positions, you either get the silent treatment or you're met with uh, violence or threats of violence. Mm-hmm. So shame on them. And by the way, I do want to say, Sheila, I think this video is coming out later today. Uh, Avery and I went down to the Remembrance Day ceremony in downtown Toronto at Old City Hall. Uh, and as always, it was a... Um, uh, it was a solemn and uh, reverent and respectful affair. Although I don't want to get off on a tangerine. One of the speakers started for some reason going on for several minutes about anti-black racism. But in Olivia Chow's Toronto, expect more of that to come. Anyway, the fact is there was some woman there who during the ceremony was on several occasions yelling out free Palestine and free Gaza. And... You know, well, first of all, the disrespect was just off the charts. But the other funny thing, Sheila, is that even, you know, and you and I, we're not fans of profanity. But in this case, when about two dozen people in unison told her to F off, I totally understand the sentiment. 
But what I found interesting is that if that same person went down to a pro-Hamas demonstration and waved an Israeli flag or chanted something against their narrative, uh, you know, she would have been beaten like a rented mule. And yeah. she was not touched at all. She was just told to go blank herself. Um, but anyways, uh, that to me is the ultimate form of disrespect. And if people again say, oh, I thought you guys are all about free speech. Come on. There is a time and a place. You know, Sheila, it would be exactly like if you and I went to a packed movie theater and halfway during the film, I said, oh, let me tell you about this brand new car I bought at the top of my lungs. It, is that appropriate? No. And what she did right. was uh, magnitude worse. So that video will be coming up uh, later today. And um, also um, a story about a, a senior uh, who was uh, physically assaulted by 320-somethings uh, for having the temerity uh, to talk positively about the poppy. That, hand, that happened on Toronto's transit system. Uh, TTC, uh, increasingly, Sheila, to me, is, uh, stands for take the car or telephone the cab. It's just, it's the <laughs> Wild West on rails out there. But um, Look, I just, I, I just finished a similar Sorry, that, story Sheila? with, I said, I just finished a similar story with Key and Simone about Edmonton's transit Ooh. system and... Uh, <laughs> Wow. It's a real culture shock for someone like me who uh, drives everywhere and I love to drive everywhere. It's my little self-contained uh, bubble of like, there's no crime and drug addicts next door to me um, inside my car. But it's much different when you start taking the transit system. And uh, for as expensive as these massive infrastructure projects are, you think that they would do a better job of keeping everybody safe so that they could use them without getting um, I attacked with an ice pick, as is in the case with Edmonton. Oh, but Sheila, come on, be fair. The city of Edmonton is doing something about violence and drug use in their transit system. They're, what is it again? Oh, yeah, they're prohibiting recording of it. Right. Uh, yeah. So. And giving out crack pipes in, right. the, in the LRT stations. And then they're like, what are all these drug addicts doing here? I don't know. You told them to go there. Yeah. <laughs> Gave them free stuff. Yeah. Yeah, great strategy. If they can't see it, there's no problem, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, we wouldn't want people reporting on the problem that you made Unbelievable. without the permission to report on it. I didn't ask permission. Anyways, we should, um, if we have one last ad, let's hit it and then uh, we'll quickly button up the rest of the day with um, that LGBT teacher um, from Ontario who said, <laughs> okay, let's, okay. Olivia tells me we don't have to play an ad. Um, let's go to, before we go to that last one, I want to leave on that one because it's, um, of course, as you know, it's Anti-Bullying Weekend Trans Awareness Week. I'm acutely aware now. Thank you very much. Um, but let's go to the <laughs> six buzz. Careful what you wish for. Now I'm aware. Um, <laughs> How do we get unaware? <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I am aware of what you're you're up to with regard <laughs> to, to in, infecting the little ones with this poison. I bet you wish you didn't make me so aware. I bet you wish that. Um, let's go to this six buzz video um, because uh, it's Brampton. Speaking of the Wild West, what the heck is going on in Brampton? We've got a, a fight between Sikhs and Hindus took place on Diwali last night in Brampton. What, where, where's the mayor there? 
Yeah, where's para? Is it Paragon Security or? Yeah, uh, pretend <laughs> pretend it's a park during COVID and kids want to go on the swings. Get those guys out to make sure that this stuff doesn't happen. Wow. a normal one in Brampton, I guess. Oh, here finally come the cops. I'm, I'm curious if Patrick Brown has anything to say about this, um, I, but he has me blocked on Twitter, so I don't, I can't see. <laughs> oh, uh, me too, and I'll wear that as a badge of honor. Well, uh, sneaky Patrick Brown, if I know him, he probably has his quarter million dollar outdoor hockey rink flooded by the Brampton Fire Department, by the way. No misuse of resources there. So he was probably playing hockey uh, during this. Yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah, it's a dilemma for him. Because he usually reaches out to every ethnic group as part of his base. So does he choose sides or does he condemn them both? You know, Shelley, the other thing I got to say, I, I, I couldn't understand the language. Um, so I didn't know what they were saying to one another. But And maybe I'm concentrating too much on the small stuff. But did you see the amount of litter there? I mean, litter really grinds my gears. I mean, like that that's one kind of environmentalism I can get really behind. If you've got Look at that. Just throw it on the ground. I bet you, I bet you, because they're in a strip mall, they're within 20 paces of a waste receptacle. But uh, no, just uh, throw it there. Somebody else will clean up after us. Just unbelievable. But I thought, isn't Diwali, that that was the holiday du jour. Uh, yeah. Isn't that supposed to be a joyous occasion? Uh, but that looked like a, uh, a next generation Sharks versus Jets, uh, you know, recital. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's who in the zoo. Well, yeah, I don't have an opinion either way about whose side I'm on here. But, like, what is this doing on the streets of Brampton? It's yeah. like a month ago or a little over a month ago when we had a, an Eritrean riot yeah. take place on the streets of Calgary. Finally, now the police have gotten around to charging, I think, 10 people and they have 50 more um persons of interest that they're trying to identify but like what <laughs> the heck is going on and like where are our politicians saying uh you know what maybe you could keep your um cultural disputes to uh the ballot box and off <laughs> the streets of our cities please if you wouldn't mind and the and the police just like rolling in all casually um let me tell you if that were the convoy <laughs> throwing rocks like that smashed they'd be smashed oh 100 percent. and by the way speaking of politics uh where's jugmeet singh on this incident he is of the sikh faith he has roots in brampton uh has he said anything about this or uh 
shall we just ignore it? Because I'll tell you, he'd have plenty to say if it was a bunch of people that look like me wearing MAGA hats uh, getting involved in a fireworks fight. I'll tell you that much, Sheila. I, I just... Like they were throwing rocks, like <laughs> rocks. Who does that? On the, streets of, on the streets of Brampton. And like, where is the mayor? Well, I don't know. Maybe he said something, but he's blocked all the journalists that don't like him. So <laughs> who even knows? Um, but yeah, like get a handle on your city, buddy. Get, uh, you know what, politicians? Get a handle on all the cities if you wouldn't mind. Uh, that would be great. Uh, one last thing before we go, because we're way over time. This deleted video of an absolutely unhinged LGBTQQAI plus. Oh, you know what? <laughs> that pride flag in the background is just chef's kiss. Look at these pinwheel eyeballs. Um, oh, but Sheila, wait from- a second. He's out of fashion. That's last year's pride progress flag. The current one has the little purple flirple in the triangle. That's missing. Is he an intersex phobe? He's obviously um, not tolerant because (laughs) if you don't celebrate all the things, if you don't wear the ribbon, you're going to get canceled. Uh, This guy canceled himself, however, because he posted this with pride, with absolute pride and a real sense of entitlement that he he has the right to do these things to other people's children. Uh, Anyways, let's roll this video because... Once he posted it, because he thought, oh, I'm so progressive. Everybody's going to love me. But his little <laughs> bubble was burst right away when parents were like, yeah, no. Anyways, let's watch this. Teach about tr- The flag behind me seems to really trigger a lot of snowflakes. And yes, I am your worst nightmare. So let's get one thing clear. If you have a problem that I have this flag in my classroom, stop following me right now. Just block me. Or better yet, leave a comment so I know who I can block. Because I will never (laughs) stop supporting the rights of all individuals to be loved for who they are. And yes, I do teach about stuff like this in my classroom. Thank you for asking. I teach about Marxism. I teach about socialism. I teach about trans rights. I teach about LGBTQ history. I teach about black history. I teach about the racial history of our country and the genocide that we have inflicted upon indigenous people. I teach about redlining and Africville and the Starlight Tours. I teach about the history of Sir John A. Macdonald. I teach about wealth inequality in Canada and the concentration of wealth in the 1%. I talk about the prevalence of LGBTQ and trans people in millennial and Gen Z generations and compare it to left-handedness. I teach about intersectionality. I teach about the Polytechnic Massacre. I teach about the 60s scoop. And do you want to know why I teach about these things? Because they are important and because they are related to the curriculum. I do not push anything on my students. All I do is show them the world that we live in. The one thing I could be argued of pushing on my students, if anything, is that we should all be loved and respected for who we are. And because of the courses that I teach, all of this can be connected to curriculum. But beyond that, in Ontario, under the Education Act, teachers essentially have the right to teach whatever they think is beneficial to their students. The hell there you is do. obviously a boundary <laughs> to that, but what I talk about in my classroom, what I do in my classroom, will not break any of the rules. Just because you're a triggered snowflake who can't handle gay people existing does not mean that what I am doing is by any means wrong. It just means that you're an antiquated dinosaur and sooner or later your children will think to themselves, why does my parent think that way? Why does my parent act that way? Why does my parent talk that way? I'm triggered because where's the purple flurple in the pride progress flag that represents intersex people? You big bully. Hmm. You know, it's funny. (laughs) He like says that he, I noticed when he like went through his big long list of all the left wing (laughs) things that he talks about, one of them that he mentioned was the starlight tours. 
And I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? He's going to talk about the Starlight Tours. Did you talk about the ones that just happened during the convoy? Mm. Uh, for people who don't know, Starlight Tours were a thing that they the RCMP did in Saskatchewan. People died. They froze to death. They would round up uh, the uh, inconvenient, largely Indigenous people and drive them out of town during uh, the coldest part of the year and say, okay, walk back. And it was terrible. They teach you not to do that now, except insofar as they did do it during the convoy. They rounded up people, um, arrested them without charge and drove them out of town and made them walk all the way back when it was like minus 20 during the convoy. So I wonder if he's talking like, sure, I'm glad he's against the Starlight Tours that happened two decades ago. Wonder if he talks about the ones that happen now. Um, but it's funny because he listed all the like left-wing things that he talks about and he teaches about this and I teach about that and I teach about this. You know what you taught me about, buddy? Cowardice. Because, <laughs> because as soon as he got a little pushback, delete, delete, delete. And he says that nobody's going to stop him from talking about these things in his classroom. <laughs> Parents are going to, aren't they? Um, these, I think what he said is not... I think outside the mainstream of how a lot of teachers think he was just really surprised that parents wouldn't like it. He thought it was just like those stupid convoy loving conservative parents, mm. which he thinks are a statistical rounding error of parents instead of the vast majority of middle Canada. Yep. Um, I think he was shocked when they disagreed with him because he just, he blocks everybody. He tells you, I block everybody who disagrees with me. Delete me or I'll block you. So he lives in this bubble where he's never exposed to the vast majority of Canadians who may even think the things that he does about Marxism and transgenderism, but they reserve the right to talk to their own kids about it and not let some pinwheel-eyed weirdo of a teacher take the lead. Yeah, really an echo chamber there, Sheila. And you know what made me raise a spocking an eyebrow when he was going through his laundry list of things he talks about was Sir John A. Macdonald. Now, I'm not against that. I think that's fantastic if we're talking about uh, the first prime minister of Canada. But why do I get the vibe, Sheila? This guy's probably saying, you know, uh, here are some locations of remaining Sir John A. Macdonald statues that are either... Uh, still standing, uh, they haven't been pulled down, or in the case of uh, Queen's Park, uh, a coffin put over him. Uh, kids, can you go down to shop class, see if they got some lynching rope, <laughs> see if we can get that thing down, or failing that, does anyone have a collection of rotten eggs we can throw at it? Uh, I don't imagine he has much good to say about Sir John A. Macdonald, Sheila. Yeah, you know, this one little cowardy teacher, he would... Just absolutely, he talks about triggered snowflakes. One parent like me showing up in his classroom and that guy would leave education altogether. <laughs> you want to talk about being a triggered snowflake? Just my, you know what? Just my mere presence in his classroom, being a pesky conservative woman with social conservative values, raising socially conservative kids. Just my mere presence in and around the vicinity of this man would probably cause him to have a stroke of some kind and have to go and take some medication. But he's talking about other people being triggered. 
give me an absolute break. What a coward. Big talker on TikTok. Yeah. Um, but the second he gets a little pushback, oh, get thee to thy fainting couch. I can only imagine the poor teachers at your child's school. Uh, oh, they're wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> they're wonderful. They know what's good for them. <laughs> I'm kidding. Here I'm comes kidding. that Sheila Gunn Reed, and she's got that look in her eye again. <laughs> I just go past and make sure all the flags are right. That's all I do. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay, so we, we should couple, get we got to two chats. We got two, two chats. chats. Fantastic. And then we'll wrap the day up. Um, we've got one from Fraser McBurney, uh, the freedom fighter of Hamilton, who says, uh, gives us five bucks and says, this Remembrance Day in Hamilton went off without a hitch. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, there was the biggest crowd I've ever seen attend the service. Why? People wanted to show reverence for our fallen. I, I love hearing that. You Fraser, know, that so is great news. It's so shocking that normalcy makes the news. Like where I'm like, holy heck, that's wonderful news when that's just how it should be. That shouldn't be something we even have a chat about, uh, that people showed up, they checked their political agendas at the door and went to a Remembrance Day ceremony to honor our fallen. Apparently, you know, in the times we live in right now, that little slice of how it should be is uh, abnormal at this point. Yeah, I'm so happy because, you know, Hamilton is, of course, the home to the disgraced MPP, Sarah Jama, uh, totally on the pro-Hamas team. Uh, there are a lot of uh, weirdo activists in uh, the hammer for some reason, Sheila. Uh, but it's good to see the good people of Hamilton came out and there was no disruptions, unlike Toronto. So that's great news to hear, Fraser. Yeah. Uh, wrong way, 54. Uh, gives us five bucks and says, is there any possibility of having one of your amazing lawyers help to get rid of the COVID signs and dividers on our tables where I live? I think I have PTSD now from that scamdemic. I'll tell you where I fall down on this. If these businesses want to continue to do this hypochondria uh, kabuki theater, okay. You don't have to go there though, do you? Um, my problem with all of this was the government mandates. If a private business wants to do all of this, um, I, I don't know what I would call it, like COVID performance art. Mm. If they want to continue to do that, okay, let your dollar do the talking. Um, it's the discrimination I didn't like and the government mandating that businesses do this stuff for absolutely no scientific reason whatsoever. Well, not all businesses had to suffer, Sheila. In Ontario, the Crown Corporation... Uh, uh, Liquor Control Board of Ontario, business as usual. And uh, for that matter, Premier Doug Ford, his side hustle is um, Deco Labels. I understand they make those little directional floor arrows and uh, other kinds of signage. So I, I think the COVID years were um, banner years for Deco. Uh, we'll never know because when we reach out for questions, we're ignored. And if we pay a personal visit to the company, well, they <laughs> phone the police. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, yeah. Um, and thankfully, uh, we're almost halfway through November. And remember the scuttlebutt, uh, all the buzz at the end of summer. Oh, the new variant. Get ready for lockdowns. Get ready for this. And uh, it hasn't come to fruition, thankfully. Yes. So well, we'll see. I mean. There you go. 
All right. Well, folks, we've gone over time, but always a pleasure to spend this hour and a bit with you. Uh, my thanks to uh, Sheila as my co-host and to Efren and Olivia behind the boards, all of you who tuned in, especially the two of you that gave some do-re-mi. It's how we keep the lights on. I shall be back tomorrow. I think it's a Tamara Tuesday, if yes. uh, memory serves. So in the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane. We stand with the Palestinian murders, we stand against the Zionist regime, and we stand with the Palestinian legitimate resistance, the ones that are fighting inside Palestine for their rights back. And we mean the resistance in Gaza, um, the ones that are even labeled terrorists. We don't call them terrorists. We, can't, we say that they're anti-terrorists. Hamas is legitimate. It's popular. It's elected democratically by the Palestinians. Um, they're obviously blockaded and uh, divided from the West Bank, so they can't really unite with the West Bank. Same thing with Islamic Jihad. Uh, these are these are these are uh, legitimate uh, political parties, and they're also legitimate resistance. And also in the West Bank, um, some of these small groups or people that do individual uh, 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 operations to, to fight the Israeli occupation, they're also uh, respected people and they're honored people. Uh, I, I think that uh, there's a biased um, way of dealing with the Palestinians. The Ukrainians are uh, legitimate resistance against Russia, but when the Palestinians rise up, they call them terrorists, and we're against that fully, and we uh, denounce that. And we're going to clarify that situation to the Canadian government and to the Canadian public, that the, the Palestinian resistance has a right. It's the only Palestinian resistance that is allowed or tolerable, to, uh, tolerated is only people on social media or on TikTok dealing with an appetite system and an occupation and a cruel, cruel regime like the Israelis for 75 years. The why these groups are labeled terrorists is because of Zionist lobbies such as Sija, such as UJA, such as Ben Ibrith, um, uh, friends of whatever their names is, this other organization with uh, Michael Levitt. Yeah, huh? uh, friends yeah, of Simon yeah. So these guys, they put pressure on certain politicians at a certain time and they do their lobbying and pressuring and so on. You know, there's influ there's money involved, you know, big contracts, things like that. And uh, they push their narrative and they push their projects on them and then fully they, they put the uh, Palestinian resistance as a terrorist organizations. And uh, we reject that. We, we, we support the resistance of Palestinians. And we are really upset with the Canadian government and the media for labeling them as terrorists, defaming them and disrespecting them and disrespecting all these policies. We were here in a rally uh, on Friday to support the Palestinian resistance and we asked the people here if they, if they think that Hamas is a terrorist organization. They said no. The majority of people said here that they didn't, they didn't accept that. They, they thought that was wrong and that, they, that they're legitimate. 